What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hustlin' Sideways. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I'm Jim Love, and I am a keynote and motivational speaker. And I just want to preface this, that we had to restart because we laughed too hard on, because, the, swivel. on the swivel. So every if time. you've been following along this podcast, you know Alan has a very comforting swivel. And, yes. and, and, and it took us, and he, and he said, damn it, and we started over, and, and then we went, and so that's where we're at right now. So yeah, welcome. so take two is working out. It's good. Um, yeah, this is the podcast where we check out people's side hustles, their passion projects, all sorts of things like that. Uh, but before we do that, Jim, how was your your week? It was great. It's been a couple this, days since I've seen you. Yeah, I know. It's one. been since Tuesday. I know this is obviously the way that these are scheduled, but I do want to make an announcement. Um, it is currently September 30th, which means tomorrow. The day is, that we record, yes. Correct. <laughs> yes, not when you're just probably, yeah, anyway. probably November. At the moment, it's September 30th. Tomorrow marks... Oktoberfest and pumpkin beer season and it is uh, my favorite time of the year I, okay like that is that like beer is here and it, bad radio i know you can't see where my hands are at but like pumpkin and, and pumpkin's way beer. above yes so good in lakefront brewery specifically shout out please sponsor us i'd be down for that yeah <laughs> send all the pumpkin beer you got so good very excited for that and actually on the ride over here i was like oh yeah that's right it's, it's i really thought ready. for a second you were gonna say on the ride over you were having a pumpkin beer i was like we gotta start that over. would be no, a, yeah no. that would be okay. different i uh, don't do that <laughs> but it's episode 19 Yes, episode nineteen. Yes. Uh, we are we are trucking right along, getting into this thing. We're getting into my world today a little bit. Oh, Alan uh, has been excited about this for a long time. We are getting into the music realm a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Martin Defat. Of uh, uh, by day, he is a web designer for Jigsaw uh, here in Milwaukee, and then on the side has a bunch of other things going on, specifically Triple uh, I Industries, the record label. But we will get into a whole bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. before that, Martin. Welcome to uh, Hustling Sideways. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for uh, having me. Uh, Martin was here punctually. Yes, uh, he was. More punctual than either of us. He's yes. here an hour early. Which, which which we applaud that rather that than an hour late. So yes. thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I like to be early. It's the same way whenever I pull up at a show, you know, Gorilla Go show, I got to be there an hour early to talk to the sound guy. So I you, love it. Yeah. yeah. So, it's know, a good habitual thing. Literally, my pet peeve is for people that are really late. So, like... <laughs> I, I do truly applaud your I never knew uh, your that, cadence. actually. I can't stand it. Um, so <laughs> in addition to uh, you're a web designer by day, uh, but let's get into your history of side hustling first because you've, you've had a side hustle for a long time. Uh, let's go back to some of the first things that you were doing. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about your start in music. How about that? Let's sure, start there. Sure, sure. Um, well, my start in music, I guess, would be go all the way back to the mid 90s i was in a pop punk band in high school um i actually gave that up you know i i stuck through it for a little bit through college and gave it up because it just seemed to be not a good use of my time and i i uh, sought a graphic design degree mm-hmm. and so i went i went to school got out and uh kept hanging around in the in, in the punk and hardcore scene a lot of my friends were in, heavily involved in the milwaukee straight edge hardcore movement and everything yeah and so i was hanging out at shows and uh i was the only guy that had a computer that, that could do graphic design so i was getting everybody's like can you design my demo can you design my t-shirt right. in like the mid 90s like that was yeah. a big deal yeah well late probably late 90s or late 90s kind of yeah. when i got yeah. my start so mm-hmm. like 97 okay. 98 mm-hmm. doing it as a hobby for friends in the scene and then um, my buddy uh, Jesse Smith from the hardcore band Protestant, if you remember that, that band at I all. I know the name Protestant for sure. Yeah, well, well-known Milwaukee hardcore band. Um, he's my old. He's my oldest friend in the world. Uh, I've known him since the sixth grade, but he was 
a big player in the the Milwaukee hardcore scene back then. Mm-hmm. And I did a record layout for his band because they got signed by this label in uh, Laguna Beach, California, called mm-hmm. Uprising Records. Okay. And the guy liked the way I work so much because back then, I mean, everybody was still doing um, Sharpie marker and <laughs> paste ups and, you know, cutting things out. And oh yeah. I've got some records from that era. That is, That's it awesome. looks like it's straight off the Xerox when, yeah. uh, when they were making yeah. how, how far we've come. Huh? And you know, yeah. and that's really cool. But, mm-hmm. uh, he was working with me who I would you know, recently landed a, an internship and eventually a job doing commercial package design. So I, I had chops as a mm-hmm. designer and as a package designer and Jesse hooking me up with that, uh, with that gig, I ended up um, lending a f- like a long term remote. I was remote working before it was a thing. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. I worked for that label for about ten years uh, from from uh, Racine and then eventually Milwaukee. And I worked for with bands like Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, which is big around here. But they were kind of not really known for this. But they put out the the first two Fall Out Boy releases. They did a split album with another band project rocket and then okay. uh the first album proper was called uh evening out with my girlfriend an evening out with your girlfriend yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's out of print i think the i think the, that the, one's on streaming somewhere possibly or i i had it on an ipod way back in the day the split definitely isn't yeah uh, no, the, that one's a hard one to find yeah the uh from okay the what the, the lore has it that the uh the band bought the rights to the first album back, took one song, put it on a comp, and then buried it just because yeah. uh, it wasn't very good. I mean, they've kind of... Or it was like for a treasure map. When, when, so <laughs> actually, well, I tell you what, I got, a, I got a stack in my portfolio that I and I got one of them listed on Discogs to see if there's any biters. That's oh, awesome. I like that. Okay. <laughs> that is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Discogs is my new side hustle. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I started out as a graphic designer and eventually wound up doing web development. Mm-hmm. And I've always maintained a full-time uh, gig uh, at design agencies and kind of... Um, Worked a, for a little while, had a, a, a role where I was a package designer and a web developer at one agency, and then finally just ended up becoming a full-time web developer. Okay. And so that's my new thing. And the the folks I really do graphic design for anymore are just people that kind of know that I did it back in the day. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really advertise it a lot just because there's not a lot of money in it. I've done so mm-hmm. much of it, and <laughs> I really only like to do projects that you're that, attached to kind yeah of like yeah. you know for friends or just bands that i love or you mm-hmm. know a cool personal project is way more interesting than like hey i've you know i want you to design this thing for, for me for money and it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 a little later in my career now where i can kind yeah. of be a choosy about what i take on just because you're also asking me for my personal time which well, will exactly take, yeah take me away from my other passions which uh you know running now i run a record label i've come full circle yeah working for record labels and bands and now i'm back making music with uh i've had a few bands since i moved to milwaukee about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and uh through that process realized I know how to run a record label because I worked for many record labels, not just the one, but Mm -hmm. I was always freelancing for other record labels. So uh, my band Volunteer at the time, we decided that we were going to uh, start our own small indie label and it doesn't really make money, but uh, we always try to tell people that we're patrons of the arts. Yeah. And we like to like that. That's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, mostly we're just trying to help 
other musicians find their way because not a, not everybody has um, the skill and the know-how to navigate between all the the manufacturing things and like you know people don't really understand what what all uh, goes into like mastering and yeah. stuff like that. And I have a really good relationship with so many vendors and so uh, many bands just want to put out just they just need their album out. They don't know how to get it out. They just right. want to put it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm actually surprised how little even bands that have been around for a long time know about that process. Yeah. And I've always been on the kind of on the production side of things. So I've been taking that with me into now being uh, a musician and trying to uh, release records. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Marty's in a, in a band called gorilla ghost currently. Uh, and then also the head of triple I industries, which is your label as well. Um, but before we get that far into it, those early projects, the, there's a lot to unpack here just mm-hmm. based on, oh, yeah. on the intro. Um, <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. You're hit. You were working remote before people were working remote. What was the initial process like of getting getting designs out, you know, to a label in California oh, from wow. Racine, Wisconsin at the time? Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. So so sometimes I'd be working with bands that were local and they could just come over to my apartment at the time and we could all cram into my uh, my, <laughs> my office and, uh, you know, figure out hash things out as we were finalizing artwork. But uh, working with a label in California at first was really kind of difficult because the internet speeds were really slow I then. Mean, I just can imagine yeah. how long that and, took. You know, and yeah. design file had to have been huge at yeah, that time. So, it's like an all-day process to get something like that. Well, That's before, um, I mean, I don't was dial-up a thing? I don't remember it, man. It's so long ago. Maybe maybe it was DSL. I don't remember, but yeah. it, was, it was a long time ago, so there was a lot of phone calls, a lot of printing out of things, and a lot of mailing of things. And Funny story. So the so the Uprising Records. Uh, I don't know if you know about that label or did any uh, back work on the the, the a little owner. a little bit. Um, so the owner is kind of known for starting the the vegan hardline straight edge hardline movement, which is its own separate subculture. Yeah, yeah. and like oh, that's yeah, like the like that. the, the yeah. gnarliest of uh, straight edge and veganism and stuff. It's very militant. Well, anyways, nicest guy. I've actually gone out and visited him and stuff. He's a really good dude. And actually, he just texted me a couple days ago. We <laughs> stay in touch even though he's not running his label actively. But um, he was in a band called Vegan Reich. Just okay. by having a band named that and having some very um, out there uh, ideas about the, society, world. the yeah. world and society <laughs> and stuff like that, he was on an FBI list. Oh, and wow. I was getting mail that I was sending him intercepted. So he'd be like, <sighs> dude, I know this is a pain. <laughs> but can you can you just send that again? Yeah, the FBI, FBI is like all up my yeah, uh, just a casual my, my business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is uh so like the thing that is That's crazy now. Sideways first, just want to yeah. throw it out there. I yeah, you are the first FBI list. Yeah, for so sure. Mark that one off the so, list. So I so I, I always tell people jokingly, and it's probably true that because I know him and have been doing business with him that. I'm probably on some sort of FBI list. I, I can imagine. That's, yeah, and that's and if it. and if not because of that, now because of Gorilla Ghost, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's not like being able to send an email back and forth. Like if you have to resend something, that had to have been just an amazing process. To well, be, like the correspondence of being like, okay, yeah, it was difficult. So the so the mailing of stuff was probably more when things were final, and sometimes I was sending copies to the label. Sometimes I was. Sending copies directly to the print vendor or whatever, mm-hmm. wh- wherever they were uh, p- 
getting these manufactured and all over. I've used most most uh, pressing plants yeah. that exist just from working with Uprising because they did such high volume. Um, but I was actually one of the first people that I knew that had their own website. So I had an FTP folder that okay. I could drop mm-hmm. stuff in. Oh, yeah. So I was using that a lot. So, you know, throwing PDFs in there. But man, making PDFs 20 years ago was difficult and waiting for that sucker to upload <laughs> took a long time i mean and i then, just like i'm envisioning all these processes i mean this is before being, dropbox yeah, i mean well, my oh, goodness. dude if i without dropbox i would yeah. be so lost today <laughs> yeah i've got man i've got probably 20 gigs of garbage on, <laughs> on on dropbox for sure it's amazing how far because i i remember downloading music on you mm-hmm. know and it was a process to download music on dial up yeah i mean thinking alone, like limewire what's the like, yeah. what's, what's, what's the first there? what's the first album that you illegally bootlegged oh not to put you on blast here no, that's but. fine i think the statue of limitations is probably behind itself so i <laughs> illegally downloaded not the linkin park album but uh, I was a big Linkin Park fan, and this is their super heyday, so I'm 12 years old, 12, 13 mm-hmm. years old. And I downloaded their Hybrid Theory, the uh, the EP, that before they were like, before the album, they were going by the name Hybrid Theory at the time. It was a five-song demo. I found the MP3s online, and I thought, I downloaded it, I burned it to a CD, and I went and listened to it, and I was scared. That I was going to get Someone arrested come knock at your door yeah, at 13 it. years old yes, for downloading yes. five songs. And I had mine was Alien Ant Farm because I love the song Smooth Criminal. Okay, and I, remember be, I remember being in my buddy's basement. Like, that CD you know, is yeah. actually in that rack yeah, right. over there. Yeah, it's, okay, it's so it's we're right. playing that when this is done. But yeah, I, and I, I had the same feeling of we were done and we were like waiting for a knock at, the, at his you know parents' house in the South Side of Chicago. Yeah. As if you know, like that was a very real thought. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. As an aside, too, I know you're a, you're technical with the the file types. I thought that my workaround was to download wave files, um, which oh. were like because MP3s were the thing that every was on the news that you could download. So the wave file is the uncompressed audio file. They probably weren't tracking it because I don't think wave files have the same kind of metadata that MP3s do. Maybe but it, they weren't like good wave files because. Oh. But I didn't know, so they were like. Back then, Microsoft right. Sound Recorder, Probably you could run, yeah, you could run things into your computer and save it as a WAV file on Microsoft Sound wow. Recorder, and uh, so I had terrible versions of songs saved as WAV files that you couldn't even like burn to CDs. It was it was bad. It was a mess. Oh, funny. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. I never actually had LimeWire. I had. Oh, you wow! You. I actually that. never. I, I just went never, straight to the files. Yeah. I actually never did LimeWire either but more because i was a snob because i i uh like i did a lot of piracy back in the day don't <laughs> yeah and the, and first. i'm only saying that because the statue of limitations is out there but yes. <laughs> I, I really wanted to like discover as much music as possible and mm-hmm. there was a thing called hotline for a while and then wired client and it was like i could connect directly to other people's very specific computers. It wasn't as peer to peer like LimeWire is where you download yeah. it from a network. So it was kind of, it was a little bit more underground, I think, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. the, the quality of the files were better. I mean, at first they were garbage though. The first thing I ever downloaded was a copy of Fugazi end hits. Yep. And it was 128 kilobytes per second. <laughs> and this and the symbol sounded so gross. Oh, and, and I, and it took, and I had to download it on a dial up <laughs> through my university overnight and I remember listening to it thinking, 
yeah, this MP3 stuff, man, this is not going to catch on. This sounds awful. <laughs> and I mean, I was to wrong. Think, to think, <laughs> right? An overnight <laughs> process you know? to get an entire album. Yeah. That kind of brings me back to, though, like the graphic design thing, too. You said being one of the first people in, in the scene to have like a computer and have that. I mean, was there initial pushback when bands were like, Oh, I mean, you you have a computer and you know how to do like was did you have to try and communicate that to them? Like, this is how it's gonna work now. You don't have to use Sharpies and labels and whatever and Xerox your your covers. Oh no, actually my 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 business card was really the show flyers. Because okay. I was hanging out doing show flyers for free and my buddy Jesse was he was kind of a big promoter in that scene here in Milwaukee for he ran his own illegal venue called uh, Club Karate. I think it it was in West Dallas and it lasted for a year. But he was also you know uh, you know bringing bands to town and um, working with other promoters, just booking wherever we could, you know, yeah. W's and stuff. But I was always like Jesse, let me let me let me do the the flyer for this one. You know, this is yeah. a big show. You know, um, you I'll knew t- a lot of people I'll were going to see you know, it. Walls, Walls of Jericho is coming to Club Karate. <laughs> I got to I got to do the you know who we didn't even know that any of these bands were going to blow up too. He booked right. He booked bands like Brothers Keeper, which ended up pretty big. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, I was trying to do as many of these fl- the flyers as possible. And then the bands that were coming to the shows or playing the shows were like, oh, who did the flyer? And it was like, oh, my guy, Marty, you need to talk to Marty. So yeah. part of the hustle was do the flyer for free, try to get some of these demo or like CD layout yeah. or maybe a T-shirt. Yeah. It's kind of funny, actually, that uh, a dude that knows my work from like Seven Angels, Seven Plagues and the hardcore scene hired me to do a t-shirt for him. Uh, it was this band called Amora Savant. He's now my across-the-street neighbor. Oh, really? wow. Because we stayed connected, and I ended up telling him about a duplex that was for yeah. sale. I don't, yeah, know, I don't know if you know Andy Parman. He's one of the dudes. Yeah, yeah. He runs X-Ray Arcade. Yeah, and, yeah. He's one of those. Uh, here in, Moa- or in Cudahy, actually. Yeah, good and guy. And actually, I've did you do their website as well? I did not. I, I actually, they actually wanted me to be an investor early on, but I was like, man, I need to... Yeah, I need to hold on to this nest egg so I got to fix up my house and yeah. stuff. And but you've done several still to this day. You've done websites for, I believe, Cactus Club and a couple other places. Yeah, I've done the the Cactus Club website. Uh, one website that I'm kind of known for here locally is the MKE Punk website, which yep. recently oh, got nice. a facelift. And that was kind of my introduction and in kind of getting to knowing uh, getting to know more people in the Milwaukee music scene because mm-hmm. uh, I built that not long after I moved to Milwaukee. Yeah. And um, it started out as my buddy Jeremy needed uh, some demos that I had. Mm-hmm. And he hit me up and was like, oh, you're a graphic designer and you have demos. I know you'll be able to scan these and, you know, yeah, rip the MP3s or whatever. And I was like, I'm already a step ahead of you, you know, because one of my buddies had passed away and I uh, digitized a cassette and was already given out. So that was like the first thing I contributed to the website. So mm-hmm. I started out as a contributor. Yeah. And then I saw how he was building it. I'm like, man, this is built really poorly. I know how to build WordPress. I do this for a living. Let me get in there. Yeah. And then, you know, 10, 12, 13 years later, it's uh, still going. And it's awesome. That was actually my cold call for like uh, introducing myself to bands and musicians. Mostly it was just like, Hey, I know you're still inter- you know, into the music scene uh, currently, but I'm interested about this band that you did 15 years ago. Yeah, somebody gave me a cassette tape. Is it cool if I rip it and whatever? And that's how I kind of started my network when I moved to town. Yeah, and- for those that don't know, MKE Punk is like an archive, like a 
unofficial library of of the history of bands that are not around anymore or mm-hmm. had demos or you know scarce recordings now available online and yeah that's that's you yeah that's yeah you yeah it. yeah it started out as just a milwaukee thing but then we realized that the more we talked to it the 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 area that we covered got larger and larger and then we decided to just cover the whole state of wisconsin and the only rule is the recording has to be out of print or the two rules the recording has to be out of print and has to be at least 10 years old otherwise you know it's thrown up on Bandcamp. and yeah whatever now that's really yeah. cool yeah, yeah. it really keeps so much alive i mean like the history that yeah, I mean, that's important like to, well especially like you know in my era and older like a lot of that stuff only existed on mediums that aren't going to survive mm-hmm. cassette, cassette exactly. tapes yeah even like burn cds are kind of garbage and they're right they're right. yeah they're going bad over time depending on how they're stored mm-hmm. um yeah so a lot of that is just uh i want to be able to hear these recordings in the future but then yeah. also just to kind of enrich um mm-hmm. you know ourselves as a community i suppose it's a very selfless thing man so many hours spent doing that with and there's no money in it so that's yeah i don't know if that could be considered a side hustle but it's, it's a de- passion right? it's, <laughs> definitely it's a side yeah passion that's, de- that's that's what it is definitely yeah. a passion project yeah. for that's sure that's great though i mean to put in that much work and, and to really restore and, and keep like you know people can go on there and learn so much it's like that's that's important and we need more of that like yeah. that's that's a that's a big part of our history and what we're about in this city, frankly, I mean, being built on that in the sense of, of the music scene is is pretty vital. You know, you know, to have yeah. that be restored. You know I, I've used MK Punk as a reason to connect with people that I've considered heroes, like the band De Kreutzen. I probably wouldn't be as tight with those guys mm-hmm. now if I didn't have that website as a reason to even contact them. Yeah. And uh, my funny story, my my pop punk band that I was in in the '90s recorded with brian from decroyson he was our engineer mm-hmm. i didn't even know who he was at the time because <laughs> they were so low-key yeah and i was of a different generation and it was before the internet was a big thing you know and now looking back at you know i've and through doing the mke punk project i've realized how important that they are mm-hmm. yeah uh for the midwest but for milwaukee and they're kind of like our lineage and stuff but even um like when ian mckay was uh giving a a speech to the library of Congress about how important it is to digitally archive things. And it was right before, uh, discord was digitizing all of the, uh, Fugazi shows that they had, that the band had done. Cause they recorded all, like, I think almost every single show that they've ever played. Cause they had an engineer that could, that, that would do out of tape mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so he gave this big talk and I was like, Oh, what the hell? I'm going to, I'm going to email Ian and just see if he gets back to me and I, which, for those that don't know, Ian McKay, uh, hardcore legend from a band called Fugazi, um, also from Minor, initial, minor, yeah, threat, minor threat, Embrace, Egg Hunt, Pale Head. I mean, the boy's been around the block. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> the, the, the evil legend now. Yes. Um, so anyway, you emailed uh, Ian McKay. Yeah. So I emailed him, thinking, uh, you know, he's not going to respond to this, but um, I just sent him, "Hey, man, I saw the thing you did for the Library of Congress, your speech." Um, we're doing a project that is kind of akin to what you're talking about here in Milwaukee. And I sent it to him and like a month and a half later, he's like, sorry for the late, late reply. I, I gave your website, a, you know, a look through, he was really intrigued by the, um, the, we have a recording from like 1971 of a band called death that yep. actually 
pre is a precursor that predates the uh, Detroit band called Death. Yeah, and he was very interested in that for some reason. I guess that must have just hit like a time that, period yeah, that kind of like piqued his interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he brought that up, and he actually was telling me about some things on the website that were kind of broken at the time too. <laughs> I was still a young web developer. Yeah, so I, all right, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It was yeah. fine. I think he was trying to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just when I saw that uh, hit my inbox, I was like. Ian Mackay just emailed me. Yeah, <laughs> one of your heroes. On yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. I mean, that's pretty amazing Like to have that, especially a month and a half later where you probably even like forgot about it. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I did not like, expect it. I just whatever. figured I'm going to throw Because I've, you know, I've tried to contact people that I've admired over yeah. the years and, mm-hmm. you know, to get nothing back. Like, yeah. I did that same thing with Jello Biafra. Yep. I actually sent him From up, the Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. I, I, sent I feel to, like I have to, like, fill in. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give, give a little, uh, yeah. 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 Wait, and I think this is important too, like, because we talk a lot about like having resilience and like not stopping, and the fact that you've you know messaged a lot of these people who you kind of consider as like your heroes in terms of this oh, music scene. And yeah, you know, I'm keep man, going. I'm, I'm shameless. I'll ask anybody for anything, and, and, and if they so <laughs> if they say no, I just don't care, and I exactly. keep moving on. You and know? that's that's yeah. the thing is like it's not personal. Like right, no, like I no. think a lot of people sometimes take it like, well, they don't want to look at my work. And it's like no, like. People are busy. Just keep going. Just keep going and keep 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 putting your yeah, word out there. Yeah, if you've kind of like interact with with anybody that has any amount of fame, they only have so much exactly. time in a day, and everybody's yeah. vying for that their their attention and stuff. Yeah. So like, if somebody doesn't drop me a line or email me back, I'm not gonna. It's okay. Exactly. I'm not gonna yeah. sweat it. You know, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not 1983 where Jello <laughs> had plenty of time to get back to me or whatever. But <laughs> right. um, but Ian, that dude is a real mensch. Yeah. So like I. So, so Jelly Biafra, I sent him a Gorilla Ghost care package saying, hey, we find a lot of political inspiration and you, you know, you're the first protest music that I ever uh, listened to. Listen to. Yeah. So I just want to send you some stuff. And I know he's a record collector. So mm-hmm. we're, best case scenario, he kept the records in his collection and I'm happy with that. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case, he gave them to some intern. That's fine too. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I kind of did the same thing uh, for, for Ian, but because... I sampled a, a, a vocal of his and put it on our lathe cut only for that that EP we did last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey man, don't sue us. Just want to let you know we we I sampled we used your vocal for something. I yeah. sample I sampled a little interlude you did on a on a record from 1987 that I bought when I was 15, mail order or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I just want to let you know here's a copy of it. We only made 25 of this. It doesn't exist on the actual like digital version that we're distributing. It's only on this lathe cut. And, yeah. And um, cease and desist. Like, right. like, two, like two, three months later, he sent me a postcard with a little note saying, "Hey man, we're listening to your Gorilla Ghost stuff in the office right now. It's great. Sounds great. Love wow. it. If you want to put the, if you want to put the sample on the on the like legit version of the album, we're cool with that. So you know that's awesome. Thanks. You know, keep doing the thing. I was, that's, I mean, that's, and I was that's like, huge. I was like, wow, this dude is. I'm <laughs> guessing he he probably just has a backlog of people messaging, sending him, him stuff like that. Stuff. I yeah. mean, because one of my if if I ever make it back to DC, which is the plan. If I ever make it back to DC for a vacation or something, I'm definitely gonna go try to go to the Discord house and either meet him or just get a photo on the steps so I can mm-hmm. reenact the uh, the Minor Threat album cover. Yeah, that's just, sweet. Yeah, just because you know it's such yeah. a like benchmark and ha- a hallmark of of uh, iconic. That, that's my mecca, I, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so you kind of touched on what you're doing now uh, with with Triple I Industries as a, as a record label. Um, and, and Gorilla Ghost is part of that. And, and, you know, you've got plenty of things going on, not only here in the city, but elsewhere. Um, 
the formations of that comes from being in a pop punk band and, and learning how a label works. What was the kind of initial like Genesis beyond the pop punk band of saying like, all right, we can sign other people and get other people kind of distributed. Oh, well, so the pop punk band in the nineties, that was a thing that I did a long time ago. I just really wanted to be on fat records and sound like every epitaph band. Bad religion was my favorite band in the world. (laughs) Yeah. But then I took, 10 years off and didn't play in bands didn't do anything and mm-hmm. then uh because i was trying to you know get get a foothold in uh the design community and chase that because i found it a little bit more rewarding at the time because yeah. mm-hmm. they were giving me money we're yeah that was not necessarily yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um <laughs> so i guess fast forward you know 10 years after getting a foothold in my career um i moved to milwaukee and I reconnected with my buddy Mark, who was in this hardcore band called Four Stella Ford that toured a ton. And I was I did a lot of their design work, mostly because I was a fan. I don't even think I ever charged those guys. <laughs> or maybe I charged one of their labels once they got kind of bigger. Yeah. But, but they had toured Europe once or twice and kind of were known. Yeah. And when I moved back to Milwaukee, um, I connected with him and one of his buddies, Kevin, and we started a post rock instrumental band probably more i don't know i would neil young's crazy horse just instrumental okay um yeah yeah. but it was just kind of a post-rock thing you know we just i don't know what we were doing but it it got me back playing again and that's when we started releasing our own stuff it wasn't quite triple i era yet but uh mark is the uh one of the three guys in triple i triple i is partly named off the street that we both live on correct yeah we actually live uh we live like four blocks away from each other yeah yeah Yeah, so so (laughs) it works out way too well it's partially drawn from that because that's where we would rehearse all the time and then triple because it was the three of us so it was mark and i from my first band being in milwaukee was stock options yeah and that we were just my goal was just to play just gig as much as possible and we played tons and tons of shows there's days where we played two shows in a day Okay. Um, so I was just trying to hustle and make up for lost time because I'd been out of the game for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, then that band kind of fizzled out, you know, ended as all things kind of do over time. And there was this guy, uh, Francisco, who would come to a lot of the stock option shows. He really liked our band and sometimes he would book us. But he was a, he was a screen print poster artist from Chicago that moved to Milwaukee and hadn't started a band up here. And then so... When that when our band kind of fell apart, he was like, "Hey, we should start a band." So that's where that's how Volunteer started. Yeah, and he had connections with the Chicago music scene. So our first record was actually out on Underground Communique, and was and Which so is a so we yeah, so, yeah, and, yeah, and they put out some pretty cool records, and immediately we had like credibility, mm-hmm. kind of because Francisco was a big player down in the Chicago scene. He was part of uh, the Fireside Bowl crew and yep. booked with MPS shows, which is kind of a, or MP shows. Uh, yeah, MP shows. Yeah. Um, they were kind of a big booking company down there. So he had a lot of connections. And so we were, we just hit the ground running with that band, which is really cool. So we kind of like absorbed that into the triple I catalog that and the stock option stuff is kind of like things that don't have release numbers because we were already those were your those are your two bands on the label to start were bands you were in yeah (laughs) and and uh what better way to start yeah and we were recording all this stuff ourselves and figuring out all the production ourselves and then a label would come in and put their logo on it and then it'd be out and then we're like 
huh, we're doing all this work. We should probably start a record label. So the next record we did was on Forge Again Records, but we said, hey, let's do a split. And that's the first time the Triple I logo ended up on anything. On it was a, it, yeah, it was a 10-inch that we did. And that was received really well. It got really good uh, PR somehow. I don't know how that happened. But yeah, <laughs> um, and that was kind of the jump off. So we were doing no- mostly noise rock to start. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I think... I've always, we've all had other tastes other than just noise rock, but we were trying to be a noise rock label. And then we realized we don't like all the noise rock bands out there that are unsigned. We kept getting demos thinking like, oh, this is good. This is not so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this works. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we just kind of like widened our scope and, you know, tried to help out friends and we got hooked up with a band from Chicago called War Brides that were really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I started a side project and it was a hip hop thing. And Which it was because Gorilla Ghost now. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. And I was like, well, I'm going to put this out on the label because mm-hmm. I have a label and it's a way for me to release music. I have this whole network. We have really good digital distribution. We're actually a sub distro through The Orchard, which is owned by Sony. And um, we're sub distro through Forge again from Chicago. So that's a, and that label, it's kind of funny. He put out that 10 inch for volunteer, which kind of kicked off triple I, mm-hmm. but I'd been doing, I did design work for that dude 20 years ago. Yeah. Because so of, it all kind of came full circle. Yeah. You know, the people yeah. that those early days now, you know, come in handy when those people move on yeah. in their careers yeah. as well. Right. So like and, every, everything leads to the next thing. I mean, very right. Much. And, and, and the guy that runs forge again is also one of the uh, owners of x-ray. So like X-ray whenever there's like yeah. a, so, mm-hmm. so whenever there's a hip hop show, and they can, they try to offer it to us, which is yeah, oh perfect. It kind of yeah. works out, yeah. you know. It's right, like we're kind of all these all these, all these years, together. everybody kind of wheels their way back to yeah. to each other, kind of. That network sounds very close knit. Like I mean, it, like it, like once you once you get in, sorry, as I pound your microphone here, but when, <laughs> once it, once you get into sort of this this world, it, I mean, it sounds like people stay in it for a while, and, and you're able to form a lot of connections that lead to your you know, to all these sort of coming together, which is really cool. Yeah. And, and, and to take that even further, um, Justin from Forge again has uh, reached out to us to help him release records by his own band on his own label to do co-releases nice. just to kind of help bring the cost down or like, mm-hmm. yeah. or, or do co- co-releases with multiple labels and mm-hmm. he'll be in on it. And then uh, most recently, and we haven't really announced this yet, but there's this band here in Milwaukee called Convert. Yep. That they've got this amazing record and they did, they had a keyboard player that had his own record label. And I talked to him early on, like, Hey man, when it comes time, let me know. I want to help you guys out. I love your band, but I didn't want to step on any toes because he had his own label. Well, I didn't know this, but he got kicked out of the band or whatever. He was kind of being flaky or whatever the case. Yeah. Whatever that, whatever it was, I don't really know too much, but they were on the, he was on, on the outs. And so one of the, the drummer who was, also in get rad hit me up it was like hey man would triple i want to do this i'm like heck yeah man i've been yeah i i went to like two or three of your shows before the pandemic hit and i love your band and i can't wait i even when i went down to rushmore i you know bought the t-shirt off the wall that would help fund their record awesome. yeah and uh i went and had a had a meeting with them i'm like man we you know we got all this money earmarked for other projects but i want to make sure that i want to help you guys some way you know i'll consult and then left the meeting where we're like hey do you know any other labels that would want to help co-release this because that might make it work and i'm like right. yes i do 
and so and so I went back to say that. So I went back to Forge again, and I got a yes immediately from him because he was like, "Oh yeah, they played X-ray and they're great. Yeah, I love that band. Yeah, and." bunch of heavy hitters in the band too like they're, they're all guys that people been that are in, well connected been yeah. in the, the punk rock scene yeah for sure. yeah so like they're all proven uh folks you know doing and the music's great on its own the mm-hmm. recordings are great and i knew another uh smaller record label that i was doing design work recently mm-hmm. and they were doing co-releases with forge again and so i was like hey man i know you're so now all the labels get to work together yeah, too yeah That's i mean because at the end of the day like none of us want some like big payday because yeah uh, pro tip if you run an indie label there is no big payday unless you, unless you get a fallout boy <laughs> which alert, yeah. that's like that's like one in struck, a million kind get, of thing getting yeah. struck by lightning yeah. yeah so mostly we're just trying to make it so that we don't all lose our so you really do help each other out like these, yeah that's, that's, yeah because cool. you know that's a collaboration you know if a record takes three grand to put out and you mm-hmm. can split it up three four ways that yeah. makes it that makes it go versus mm-hmm. if you know mm-hmm. one entity had to do that and you also have a full roster of other bands that you're also trying to service so um yeah one thing we've been trying to flex a lot more uh lately is co-releases just because there is no big payday yeah. nobody's making a ton of money especially on independent music and also like if you can do a co-release with other labels and the band wants to throw in i, I have mad respect for okay. any any band that will put their money where their mouth is yeah, like if they're willing to put huge. up offset the cost of yeah yeah, yeah. so and and, the, and and at the end of the day mostly i just don't want to get stuck with 100 copies of your record in my basement because <laughs> right. multiply that by like 10 bands yeah that's gonna yeah. fill it up pretty quick yeah. yeah yeah so at the end of the day we're trying to do smaller runs be a little bit more nimble and mm-hmm. then just make sure the the bands own most of the records because they're going to always be that band and they're always going to be able, be able to play shows mm-hmm. and flip those but honestly if you're a label about it a month after the record comes out that's when your records just stop selling yeah and because because the because the the cycle of uh you know that uh immediacy of the internet and everybody you know they want whatever the new thing is immediately Mm -hmm. now 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 Mm -hmm. oh then it's old yeah you know how much that's picked up in the last even like five years it's like incredible like if not if you're not there like that's that's it yeah i'm people stream albums for a week now and that's that's it yeah yeah yeah. so the so different the my my new perspective on it like personally like as it being a musician like gorilla ghost is trying to stay nimble and Mm -hmm. like we did you know our first big record we, we pressed on vinyl and it's a good record it's a cool art record we've done i think better stuff since but I don't want to go pressing vinyl because I want to move quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. our new thing is we're trying to do a lot more like lathe cuts. Cause then we can do like 30 copies of something. And then the super fans can have something cool and unique that nobody else has mm-hmm. or very few people I've got have. A couple. I got a couple of the, the limited lathe cuts, yeah, man. Those yeah. are so cool. You and then, the and then fan. for everybody else, you know, just throw it on streaming, especially with like hip hop culture too. Like I, I feel like they're less and less, worried about collecting records where that's more feels like that's more of like a thing in like punk and metal circles mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah you know and you do kind of blend those things um how many bands would you say i don't know if you keep count of how many are like actively on triple i i know that there's a lot of like you said co-releases and then people kind of man you know, it's hard it's hard to say i'd have to actually look at the website <laughs> um there's a few bands that we've worked with that have broken up yeah, that were sad about like buildings from Minneapolis was a great band. Yeah, we did a split with them and they split up. Um, I'd probably say though, like 
60 to 70 percent of the bands on our label are still gigging together and making okay. music yeah that's pretty I mean, good I, right i mean i mean i hope so considering there's a pandemic who who, who knows yeah, what know who's uh, playing yeah. shows anytime soon, you know right. next year we'll see if that number holds I, yeah but uh yeah and um i mean like you know you were just saying the the bands all kind of have some kind of camaraderie a little bit the labels especially do the little indie labels i think it's important to let people know that that's not the case with the major labels is that there is yes. no real like everybody works together it's all, it's all competition. oh yeah we yeah. Abs- and it's a completely different world mm-hmm. in, in indie oh, music you absolutely know? we work completely outside of uh the music industry uh being independent we're able to let's what it brings it back to you know we're patrons of the arts mm-hmm. we believe in music and our friends and these things that we feel need to exist in the world on a small level yeah it would be nice if some of these bands like broke yeah like honestly like if some if if we had a fallout boy that happened on our label we wouldn't even know what to do (laughs) yeah Uh, all of a sudden the demand is through the roof the overwhelming part i mean that's just yeah i would like what i wouldn't even know i wouldn't even know what to do with something that was extremely popular i mean i just love it if a pressing can sell out you know, yeah. like uh, the suit Malt record, we we helped co-release it with those guys, and that record sold out before it came out. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And now uh, I just got numbers from the guys in Work Party, and that's the new post War Brides band. It's basically the same band, but they have their the War Brides touring drummer is now permanent, and they just changed name to kind of like mark yeah. the shift mm-hmm. in the music. Yeah, I just heard that maybe they sold thirty copies of their. A small run of a hundred records yeah, and, before things have come out and even. they've been doing p- big PR p- pushes and stuff too. So yeah. it's just weird. Like what gets picked up and what doesn't And the Sumo record. I don't think we even did PR. We did some, <laughs> we did some local stuff you know, I can always get stuff on breaking and entering or, 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 or Milwaukee <laughs> record. Yeah. Just because I have relationships with, <laughs> right. with everybody, um, which helps, but it just goes to show like, you could man you could throw tons of money at stuff and you never know what's going to hit yeah exactly yeah so exactly um i think you know our our listeners are a lot of people that have their own business mm-hmm. i think in uh music especially a a record label is something separate from a lot of what we've talked about a yeah, lot of the people that we've talked unique. about yeah but i think that there's a lot of things that that are universal in the sense of like being able to you know find money for things and you know keep you know keep relationships and how those relationships come around and that that, the collaborative spirit too like i mean i think that you know people people want to work together and build a community and you know and and people what what we found in a lot of our guests is like people people find that community and the passion that they're in i guess if that makes sense so yeah you know like you you guys have been working together and i think people like people have that experience and they want to keep chasing that like that's that's a big part of why they're into their passion and why they continue to go after it. I would, have, I would have to say that probably a good portion of the people that I know that I consider friends, even good friends are that I've uh, made since I've moved to Milwaukee are people that I've met through music in exactly. some way or another. Yeah. 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 That's huge. That's, I mean, and, and like, and that, that really keeps you like, going, right? That's like part of your, so life. this will be aired in November. So, mm-hmm. uh, so let's backdate it. And so in the middle of October, which is actually a week or two from uh, yeah. the taping. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so 
imminently, I'm actually going to be going on vacation with my mastering engineer. Like, like our wives love each other and we hang out all the time. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to Key West, man. So like, (laughs) there are people that you met through music, through music. It becomes part of your family, right? Yeah. yeah, So it's great. It's it's just wild. And, and that's really what I do it for. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more about the people in art and the relationships that you have because, well, and I have the luxury of that saying that because this isn't my main thing. I have a day job that right. I get all the things that I need to, you know, make my life work. And mm-hmm. all this other stuff is just all the shit that I love, stuff that I love. You can and, say shit. It's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway. I almost ruined it for you there. Yeah, yeah, sorry good. about that. You're good. Um, but yeah, so this, the, I just do all this stuff because I, because I love it and I love the people that I get to meet and yeah. the people that I get to uh, hold up. And, you know, I don't think you would do it if you didn't have that love. I no, mean, like that's, no, that's, you have to have that. I've definitely, I, every, every few weeks or a few months, I do have moments where I'm like, why do I do this? <laughs> it's such a thankless job. Yes. And then I listen to a new, like a new piece of music that somebody I know has made. And that's I'm like, so cool. That's why I do it. There it is. Yeah. And you're, because you're nobody else that to the world yeah. because yeah. nobody else is going to step up and do this. I love it. I mean, I, that having, having that drives you. And I think that's important. And a lot of people have that, like whatever that thing is for you to, to continue driving is, is, you know, listen to that on repeat right like like, yeah like keep keep that going and know like have have the why down and once you have the why down the rest becomes a lot easier people people follow the why i'm reading the book start with why by simon sinek (laughs) great book i know it was written in 09 but like it's people people catch on to that and as something with a passion that that's exactly this is why i do it you know And, and the rest like the blood sweat and tears will come but i have my why and that's the most important part and to grasp onto that and make it your own is is vital to, yeah, you know, to, to keep going. Absolutely. Um, this has been great. Yeah. Where, real quickly. What do you see in the, the future of triple I industries? Oh, wow. The future. Yeah. That's kind of an unknown. I mean, uh, so we going into the pandemic, we canceled our final triple I fest, which it was going to be the fifth and last one. So I think triple I fest is done. Um, man, I really don't know. I kind of hope that bands come out of the pandemic with some inspiration and they've woodshedded so all like a ton of new material yeah and i'm kind of and you're kind of seeing it now like bands are coming out and that's why all the pressing plants are kind of clogged up right now because everybody's kind of either getting the stuff that they sat on yeah. uh, before the pandemic or the stuff that they've written during the pandemic mm-hmm. is finally starting to come out um i don't really i don't really know man uh i we do have a high-profile reissue project that we're gonna. Okay. That's hopefully will drop awesome. soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can announce soon. We're still waiting. Basically, we were waiting for the uh, the master tapes to to come get, back to get here from England. Okay. They're, they're on like the slowest boat ever, and <laughs> and one of the guys that was that's in the this band. It's, the only thing I'll say is a Chicago band. Okay. Um, but the, but it, they're kind of well-known and sweet. The guy, the, the guy that is our main contact, um, works in as a touring, like stage hands, st- like building stages for mm-hmm. like, you know, Miley Cyrus does a stadium show. He's the guy out there you putting know, in this, bu- helping put the stage. B- yeah, yeah. Building the, all that stuff. And so he's busy. <laughs> so he's back to work now. So things, mm-hmm. the, the communication slowed down a little bit. So, um, that that's on the books. Uh, there's going to be a new Gorilla Ghost album. 
uh, the weird. Now we're getting into weird ambient projects. Francisco and I <laughs> yeah. ha- have our yeah. You've been doing more noise stuff. Our, yeah. our, our experimental projects. So yeah, that's cool. Um, that's cool. Pr- I hope maybe another uh, synth synth comp. We did a synth comp. Okay. Kind of going right into the pandemic, we released it and we couldn't do any shows until uh, this year. We finally did three. Like we did two backyard or, or patio shows at X Ray, and then just one recently at. Um, at Cactus Club at the end of one awesome. of our Ableton Live meets. That's another yeah. thing I do, man. Why? Yeah, yeah, you've, yeah you we lie. didn't even we didn't yeah. even touch on that. that you're working <laughs> yeah, that, with producers. That's, that, that's why I showed up so early because my brain is <laughs> yeah. just all over the place at once, man. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I hope good things. Yeah. I good. think I think there will be good things coming. Yeah. It's, absolutely. It's plenty on the agenda, and and you know, and we're 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 gonna get there. That's that's great, though. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. If you if they want to get in touch with you and they want to get in touch with Triple I, where's the best place to find all things Triple I Industries, all things Marty? Oh yeah. Uh. So yeah. <laughs> What's your right, address? If, no, yeah, right. 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 Uh, it's down if, the block. I'll just. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah. If, if you want to check out the label, Triple I Industries dot com is. The the place to be that's got information on all of our bands if you want to check our, out our roster um there's a link on there to our band camp which is triple has all the uh the bands that we work with uh my personal stuff gorillaghost.bandcamp.com and if you really want to look uh for my personal design portfolio and all my weird blog rantings <laughs> um would be uh if you want to learn how to make looping cassette tapes which is another, another one of my hobbies that, yeah that I, I took that on during figured out how to how to do that during the pandemic <laughs> That's uh great. go to uh and you're gonna misspell this it's gorilladigital.cc it's not a dot com because i thought oh, d- i bought it i bought it 20 years ago and i thought dot cc was gonna be the next big thing <laughs> hey, and, and it I wasn't still have a dot net so yeah. i mean it's all good dot it net's works. way more legit so but it's but it's the gorilla ghost and gorilla digital those are both like gorilla as in like gorilla warfare not the animal so mm-hmm gorilladigital.cc and that's got that's got links to all, all this stuff that i've Perfect. been doing so Perfect. There right, we well, go. Go stalk me. And if you want, you yes, go stalk go Marty. Stalk and then uh, if you want to, if you want to stalk this show, yeah. you can do that. Which That's we fine. encourage that. Yeah, yes, yes, highly encouraged. Uh, wherever you download podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're hustling sideways there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are all over the place. We post, too. and it's great. Yes. yes. So make sure you do that, and we will see you next time on Hustling Sideways. Keep on hustling. <laughs>